Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 252. You're listening to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading. And for you first-time listeners, we're glad you found us and we hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we were just in London with Intel to introduce some new technology to the game of cricket. And we also got a chance to chat to former England captain, captain now commentator, Nasser Hussain, and get his thoughts about the new tech that's coming to the game as well. We'll also chat about Late Late Show, the Late Late Show sketch that's now a series on Apple Music, and the BlackBerry Key One pricing and availability has been announced. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Bose Revolve speaker, the Garmin Verb 360-degree camera, and Alcatel's big-screen feature-rich smartphone that costs less than 200 bucks. And we're going to finish up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. A massive show, so let's get cracking. Well, we were just in London not long ago, and we were there as guests of Intel, and we were there to to watch Intel introduce some brand new technology to the game of cricket. Intel's had a very rich history with sport, let's just say right off the bat. They've always been uh, developing technology to enhance sports, to enhance sports performance, to enhance sports coverage. They recently were a co-sponsor of the Winter X Games. They introduced sensors into the snowboards, and that provided data for the athletes, but also for the broadcaster, which happened to be ESPN. Uh, Earlier this year, too, Intel uh, at Sawgrass, the 17th hole at the Sawgrass course, they placed a 360-degree stereoscopic camera on that hole and then fans were able to log into that camera and enjoy a virtual reality view of the hole. They've done other things in sport as well, but the latest is with cricket. And they, uh, the, the event in London, uh, their press conference was ahead, just ahead of the ICC Champions Trophy, which was just about to kick off. And this technology was going to be used in that tournament. Now, the technology, there's, there's two main parts to it. The first is... Intel's, they've got a drone that can conduct a pitch inspection. So you cast your mind back to the days when Tony Gregg used to get out onto the pitch and give his, have his, just use his eyes, of course, to look at the, at the pitch, dig his key into the, into the ground as well and give you his thoughts about what the pitch, the condition of the pitch today and how it might fare over, if it was a test match, over the course of the five-day test match. Well, that's all changed. With this pitch inspection drone, it's actually a Falcon 8 drone, and it's equipped with a spectral and infrared camera. So by flying over the pitch, 
It can collect information through the camera, things like grass density, grass health, pitch topography, so where the bumps where the bumps in the pitch already exist. And it can also then predict and, and, and give an opinion based on the readings on whether the pitch is going to be more a seamless pitch or a spinner's pitch. Now, we, we do know there are several grounds around the world which have which are renowned for being spinners wickets and, and seaming wickets. With this, it allows you with the drone, this pitch inspection drone, it allows you to gather that information but also see it as it changes. So each day of a test match, for example, the drone would fly out, it'll, ha- it'll examine the pitch, and will give uh, it'll give you a look at what's changed since the day before. So providing another layer of information that is normally unseen, and still the captain has to use their, their gut to, to make the decision whether they want to bat or bowl, but there's more data there now for them to look at. And of course, too, it also provides information and data for the broadcasters and also the viewers. So we've seen there's a few matches that have already been on for the ICC Champions Trophy, including Australia's match against New Zealand at Edgebaston up in Birmingham. And they did use the drone uh, pitch, the pitch inspection drone for that particular match. And, and it was found that the drone, that the uh, pitch, I should say, the pitch was uh, more a seamer's pitch than a spinning pitch. And uh, that, that, was, that, that was used and shown on, on the broadcast as well. So really handy to have this kind of technology that can give you all that in-depth information just through that special camera. But the other part of this, of Intel's new technology, is probably the, a little bit more exciting. It's, it's, it's a BAT sensor. It's called BAT Sense. Now, this is powered by Intel's Curie technology and was developed in partnership with a tech startup called Specular. Now, what the bat sensor does, well, first of all, it looks, it looks, uh, it's a round, uh, looks like a cap. So it's a round, a cap as in a cap of a bottle. And it is the exact same size as the top of a bat handle. So naturally, that's where it fits on top of the bat. And the bat sensor is then used to measure data Things like maximum bat speed, bat speed impact, back lift angle, time to impact, impact angle, follow through angle. So every shot a batsman plays from backswing through to follow through, this sensor is gathering all this information so every shot can be tracked and measured. Now you can just imagine the benefits of this for a batsman who wants to improve their technique or maybe sort out a problem they're having. Well, imagine having this kind of data that for every shot, and it comes with a companion app as well, I should add, and will be available to the public in August. So if you're a budding cricketer, you're a cricket coach, you've got a cricket team, this is available to, to everyone in August. It's going to cost around 200 bucks, and it will be able to send to your app in real time the, all the data that, that is gathered using the bat sensor. So all those impact speeds and angles and time to impact, all of that info is going to be there for every single shot you play, whether it's a match, a practice session. And you can also set the phone up through the app to film every shot as well. So it's not going to just, you don't just hit record and then it, and then it, it takes an hour, just continuous recording of every shot you play. No, the app actually clips every shot and then relates the data, links all the data to that shot to that particular video as well. So you can actually see yourself uh, and also see what the bat's doing through all the data. 
So there's all this information that can now be gathered. Now, this too is being used by the broadcaster. Uh, in the match against Australia versus New Zealand, David Warner became the first Australian cricketer to use bat sense. And <laughs> unfortunately, he, he got out for 18 runs that particular game, but they were using his data on the broadcast. Uh, same thing for the, some of the New Zealand openers as well. I think Luke Ronchi was one of the guys who he got out for 65. So he, they were using his data, uh, his bat swing data and all of that information during the broadcast as well. So the fans can see, well, what makes a good shot? This was a good shot. So this is how fast his bat went. This is what he did. And that constitutes a good shot. Now, you can go take that the other way. So if you're a batsman maybe having a bit of drama, having some problems, you're in a slump, you can then take your swing, your, your, your stroke apart and see what you're doing wrong. And the, the, only, the easiest way to fix a problem is to identify where that problem is. So with this sort of technology and, and the, the detail to which you can go, that you can drill right down to all the various angles and things you do with the bat, this can help you go a long way to improving your stroke and, and at the same time providing for the broadcasters and the fans all that information. How the, from the bat sensor, from the bat sense, that information was relayed to a wideband uh, receiver in the stump so that the data was sent to that receiver and then up to the broadcast box because usually this works within Bluetooth range. But for the ICC Champions Trophy, they changed change it so that th they had that little antenna set up, the wideband receiver set up so that information could be sent up and still in real time from the middle of the pitch. So the bat sense it also offers 3D mapping of every stroke as well. So if you're... You can see the bat's movement in three dimensions. So where how the bat's moving back and the angle it's coming down, the angle which you're striking through the ball and following through, you can then plot all of that uh, on the app as well. So much detail. Uh, according to BatSense, a well-stroked shot requires a bat speed of 79.3 kilometers per hour. Now, we wouldn't have known that without this type of technology. And during the Australia v New Zealand game, David Warner's stats were being used, as were, as were some other batsmen as well. And uh, well, I was told by Specula's founder, uh, he was telling me that David Warner was actually quite interested in the whole process. He, he, was, he, was, uh, being, he was quite instrumental in the development of the product. And the, the CEO and founder of, of Specula, uh, his name is Atul Srivastava, he, he was involved with David Warner and realized he was really interested in technology. He said, he d I discovered a whole new side to David Warner. He's really interested in technology. And he said he wanted, he hadn't seen anything like this and wanted to be involved with the development of the product. Uh, I think um, uh, Mr. Srivastava was telling me that David told me, he said that my bat is my sword. That's my weapon. But I, there's nothing, I don't have anything that's telling me how I'm using that weapon. But now he does. And that's why he was really interested in BatSense to, to get that information, uh, which was used during that match of the ICC Champions Trophy and will continue to be used throughout the tournament. And uh, as far as we know, it's going to be uh, used in other tournaments and other, other uh, in, in our Australian summer, likely to be used there as well. Just to give the broadcasters just this other rich layer of data that can uh, that you can now see. One uh, one person we did catch up with though, 
at the launch. We were we happened to uh, chat to former England captain uh, who's now a commentator, Nasser Hussain, to get his take on the new technology. And here's what he had to say. Well, Nasser, thanks for joining me. We're, we're here at this historic venue, the Oval. Cricket's always been a game steeped in tradition, as you very well know. So how do you feel about these technology innovations coming into the game? I think it's great for the game, actually. I mean, it, it, uh, it's crept in over the last year or two. Obviously, you know, with DRS and Hawkeye um, technology has just taken the game to a different level. Now we're looking to actually help cricketers themselves. Um, you know, these sensors in the bats are going to be very useful. A, as a broadcasting tool. You know, I often talk about bat speed and angle of bat and closed bat face and open bat face. And we've never really been able to quantify that, you know, without trying to get your protractor out on the screen <laughs> and, and working it out. But this sort of technology gives you a near-perfect look at, you know, is Jason Roy's bat face closed at the moment? What is Virat Kohli doing or MS Dhoni or David Warner when he's yeah. smashing the ball? What is he doing? What is his bat speed? And also for down the line, I mean, there's a little app and, and a little gadget you put in your bat for coaches so that younger lads can try and work out what are they doing well, what they're not doing so well. So, so you're a coach now too. So I coach is... a little schoolboy team, yeah. really. So, you would know, you have used this technology back in the day if you, when I you think, were first starting out? Yeah, I think I would have done because, you know, I never knew in my day you didn't appear on television too much, aged 18, 19. Maybe nowadays they do, but when I first played for England, I was, or when I first played on TV, I was amazed at what I actually, what I perceived myself looked like. You know, I perceived that I batted like Mark War or someone. <laughs> I, was, I was nothing like that, you yeah. know. So, what you think you bat like and what you actually bat like when you have a look are two different things. So, yeah, just some kind of little thing that told me my bat face was a bit open or my bat speed would needed to be a little bit quicker or I need to pick my... If I wanted to bat like Brian Lara, I need to pick my bat up a little bit higher. So just to add one or two percent to your game as a coaching tool not to take you know technology and data you don't want to take it's important but you don't want to it's not the be all and end all there's still a gut feel of that's the way i play we just had a series over here um south africa playoffs uh, england and so many people do it in a different way look at steve smith when steve smith Mm -hmm. first came into the australian side you know everyone said oh you can't bat like that no, he's one of the greatest batsmen in the world, yeah. so you can bat like that. Absolutely. So different what, ways to be successful. What about the pitch analysis? Would that have, uh, if it, with that much information, would that have affected your decisions uh, as the England captain? Yeah. <laughs> At Brisbane, when I stuck Australia in and they were 400 for two, absolutely. <laughs> Where was that drone at Brisbane when I needed it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And now I'm in the broadcast world. You know, we go out there and give the same sort of pitch report day in, day out. You know, day three, it's a bit drier, it should spin by now, etc. Yeah. To have a little bit more analysis of exactly what the pitch is doing, what the grass is, where it's worn and where it's live and where it's not live and, you know, where are the holes and yeah. the divots. Um, so I only that so was... much you can see with your eyes, isn't uh, it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you still need a bit of gut feel and a bit of history of that yeah. surface. So if you are in Adelaide, you will know over time what Adelaide has done. Yeah. But to see what, you know, this technology to show you exactly what's in front of you can only add to it, I'd say. Absolutely. Well, really appreciate you talking to us. Thank you very much. No problem. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, what started as a sketch on the Late Late Show, that's the show hosted by uh, British host David Corden, uh, sorry, James Corden. James Corden is the host of the Late Late Show. Carpool Karaoke uh, was something he introduced, and it basically involved him picking up uh, some of the world's biggest music stars and driving them where they had to go. But on the journey, 
they had to sing some of their best songs. And James, of course, would uh, would join in. A surprisingly good singer as well, James Corden, uh, many people discovered. And it became a phenomenon. It, it, it became such a viral thing where he he then, uh, there were musicians, I believe, asking to be included in the sketch. So he's had some of the world's biggest musicians on, uh, in, on Carpool Karaoke. We're, we're talking Adele, Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, Madonna, Britney Spears, Katy Perry, Stevie Wonder, Ed Sheeran. The list goes on and on and on of people who've appeared on the Carpool Karaoke segment. Well, it's become so popular that it has now become a series that uh, you'll be able to watch. If you're an Apple Music subscriber, you'll be able to watch Carpool Karaoke from August the 8th. It is produced, executive produced by James Corden. Uh, he's one of the executive producers. And the new series is actually going to feature not just musicians, but other pairings from uh, entertainment personalities, pop culture, sports stars as well. So they're going to take a drive and sing their favorite songs on the road trip. So from what we understand, when the series kicks off in August, I think it's going to be August 8, the, they're going to include pairings, are going to include Will Smith and James Corden. Can you imagine that? Miley, Noah, Billy Ray, and the entire Cyrus family in one car, Shakira and Trevor Noah, Game of Thrones stars Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams, they're the the Stark sisters on on Game of Thrones, Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett Smith, John Legend and Alicia Keys, and LeBron James and James Corden. So you can imagine how uh, much fun that's going to be. There has been, and it's ironic that Apple is taking making this into a series for Apple Music because actually Apple CEO Tim Cook has also been featured in a carpool karaoke. The carpool karaoke with Tim Cook was filmed to appear as if they were on their way to an Apple event, and this was played before, I think, the iPhone 7 launched last year. So Tim Cook uh, jumps in the car with James Corden, and James is asking him various questions, and uh, he's t- t- asking him about what he's going to wear, and he goes, I know someone who's got style. And then, then Pharrell jumps in the car, and uh, Apple, uh, Apple boss Tim Cook is from Alabama. So naturally, the song they sang was Sweet Home Alabama, which was uh, really funny. I've actually included that in my story uh, on Tech Guide if you want to read a bit more. It's a really interesting series. It's going to come up August the 8th. Carpool Karaoke, who'd have thunk it? It's a, a segment on The Late Late Show is now a series on Apple TV. If you want to find out more about that and also see Tim Cook in his only one and only Carpool Karaoke appearance, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Well, one of the biggest hits, one of the most popular products at the Mobile World Congress back in February would have to have been the BlackBerry Key 1. Now, this is a device that has a 4.5-inch screen as well as a physical keyboard. Now, BlackBerry has done a deal with TCL. TCL is the parent company of Alcatel, the phone, the phone company. We're talking about one of their products a little bit later. But it basically gave TCL the rights to, the, to produce, to manufacture a new BlackBerry product. And BlackBerry was a, a massive product uh, back in the day. Years ago, it was the go-to smart device. The thing that really attracted people and kept people on the device was the physical keyboard. 
uh, they had they had keyboards on devices for years, and then they decided, well, we're going to go into more the full touchscreen mode, and those devices didn't really do any good, and BlackBerry was slowly fading away. But that that is until now, because TCL has partnered with BlackBerry to produce this product, the Key One, which we we saw in February. We did a hands-on in February. You can read that on Tech Guide. But it is a product that I think is going to attract a lot of people back to the brand. It gives you the best of both worlds for a start. So you've still got your 4.5-inch screen. It's powered by Android, but you do still have that physical keyboard, which once people get their fingers on this, for people coming back to BlackBerry, it's like a bit of muscle memory. You'll think, wow, I can remember this. And you can power through emails, power through messages, whatever you need to do. Having that physical keyboard, uh, it really made a difference for a lot of people's productivity. But you can also have that touchscreen as well. For newcomers, uh, I think that it, there may be a little bit of a learning curve to having a physical keyboard. But you think about how much the, the current user, say your millennial user of a smartphone, they are typing so much. They're typing messages. They're typing uh, emails, whatever they happen to be doing, status updates, tweets, whatever they're doing, Snapchat. There's typing involved. And anything that can improve their accuracy and their speed, I think they'd be interested in. I think it, it wouldn't surprise me once this gets in the hands of a few of those younger users, they may, they may see some merit in the product because it does offer that great keyboard that really makes typing uh, faster and, and a bit more accurate, I've found. I've, I've been using the device for a little while, and it does offer that accuracy as well. Now, I did say it's running the Android operating system and has that physical keyboard. The physical keyboard also doubles as a trackpad. So while rather than scrolling the, the screen with your finger, you can use the keyboard as your trackpad. So up and down a web page or a document, you're not actually blocking the screen with your hand. You can scroll using the keypad. The other advantage with the keypad, the keyboard, is you can set up each letter, which, which is customizable for a shortcut. So every letter of the alphabet, you can set two shortcuts, a long press and a short press. So that's 52 shortcuts you can set up with the BlackBerry Key 1 keyboard. For example, short press of F brings up Facebook. Um, short press of I brings up Instagram. Long press of E brings up your email app. So there's all these shortcuts that you can set so it really makes you jumping in and out of apps even faster. So rather than having to search for the icon, look for it, you simply press the shortcut and away you go. Uh, the fingerprint reader is going to be located in the space bar, which is a really uh, smart spot to put it and really responsive it is too. It's running Android 7.1 Nougat operating system. And one other feature that is built into this BlackBerry and one of the things that kept people with the device, especially larger companies and government departments, is the security. Security is built into every single device. It has the DTEK, the DTEK by BlackBerry for constant security monitoring. It protects the operating system, makes, the most of, makes it the most secure Android smartphone that you can get. And it is constantly looking at your security, warning you if there's any kind of risk. So anyone who thinks, oh, Android, it's not the safest uh, operating system, combine that with BlackBerry's security software, and it is the safest Android smartphone you can buy. Camera-wise, you've got a 12-megapixel rear camera. uses uh, industry-leading camera sensors. It's an interesting one. Uh, built by Sony, those sensors, and Sony know a thing or two about building cameras. There's also an 8-megapixel eight, uh, eight camera on the front, but... The big news about the BlackBerry, and I've left it till the very end of this segment, is the fact that it is available for pre-purchase, pre-order from next week. 
So if you do want to do that, it's going to go on sale from July, so only a few weeks away. You can buy it in store from JB Hi-Fi or online for $899. You can register your interest at to blackberrymobile.com.au. I'll put a link in my story if you do uh, if you're interested in doing that. There's already a few people that are already pre-ordered, so it's a it's going to be a very popular product when this thing comes out. So uh, you want to read more about the BlackBerry, the key one, and where you can order it. There's a link to blackberrymobile.com.au if you want to register your interest. You can do that. You can read that story and see all the pictures as well at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. There's lots of valuable stuff stored on your computer, family photos, videos, tax and work documents. But what would you do if that was suddenly all gone, encrypted and impossible to retrieve? Well, that there is called ransomware. And that's malware that locks you out of your own files and then demands that you pay up or lose access to them forever. Ransomware, unfortunately, is on the rise here in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that helps keep you safe from ransomware, including the recent WannaCry ransomware by blocking dangerous files, warning you against dodgy links before you click, and backing up files from your PC to the cloud. So you'll have a copy of everything if anything goes awry. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Alrighty, our first review this week is a speaker from Bose. Now this is a, it's called the Revolve and it is a 360 degree speaker. This is a cylindrical speaker and Bose already know how to make great speakers in the traditional shape and they've got this new, they've got this great new technology that now lets them produce that same quality when it is this different shape, this cylindrical shape. So with the changing shape of speakers, Bose has not only kept up but sort of leapt ahead of the competition with their new SoundLink Revolve. It's got the latest audio technology on board. It's a cylindrical speaker, as I said. It's got sleeked brush uh, aluminium, 360-degree sound, which means wherever you're sitting, uh, it's a sweet spot. So traditionally with a normal square speaker, you need to sit in the, in the right position to enjoy the best sound quality. Well, not so with the Bose Revolve. The cylindrical shape means that music coming out in all directions, so no matter where you put it in the room, anywhere you're sitting is a sweet spot. So how does it do that? Well, to achieve this, Bose combined dual opposing passive radiators and placed the transducer face down beside a patented acoustic deflector. So what, what that basically means is that sound quality without hearing any distortion, thanks to a pressure trap inside as well. So the sound's being generated in all directions, and it sounds excellent in all directions as well. No matter where you're sitting, sounds fantastic. Now, for our review, what we did is put the Revolve on a turntable and then play music, and then listened as it was spinning around, and we were in the one spot, the speaker was spinning around, 
and the sound did not move, did not change at all. It was smooth no matter how it spun, so we're getting the same audio output at every single angle. So it stayed smooth, consistent, and while it was spinning, and there were no dropouts in, no tone uh, changes, no volume changes, it was spot on any angle that you were listening to it. Now, the top of the product is where the, uh, the controls are set, and you can navigate your music in your connections. There's also a connection on the bottom uh, if you want to have a tripod thread. So if you want to maybe mount the, mount the speaker a little bit higher, you can listen to it. There's also a charging terminal you can buy uh, at extra cost, a charging plate. So every time you rest the bows revolve on this charging plate, it'll be fully powered then the next time you need it. There are actually two models of the revolve. There's revolve and the revolve plus. The revolve is 15.2 centimeters tall. Uh, the Revolve Plus is 18.4 centimetres tall. Uh, available in two colours as well, grey and black. And the battery levels are, are pretty impressive as well. Batteries for the Revolve, the smaller of the two, we got about 12 hours of playback, which was pretty impressive. Uh, the, the larger of the two, the Revolve Plus, we got 16 hours of playback out of that as well, which is, that's remarkable, 16 hours on one charge. And the beauty of that is you can play it, it's not only going to play for a long time, but you can also play it anywhere. You can, you can, see, you can place this beside the pool, so down the beach. It's splash-proof, so it's got an IPX4 rating. So that, that means you can handle splash, the rain, and other little spills, but it can't be submerged in the water. It's not, it won't be able to handle that, but it is splash-proof. So if you're beside the pool and there's water near it, it's going to handle that, not a problem. The Bose Revolve, an excellent 360-degree speaker. The Bose Revolve is $299. Uh, that's a pretty good value. It's available in silver or black. And the Bose Revolve Plus, the larger, is 439 and available in silver and black as well. The other thing before I go, before I finish this segment is the the other features you can unlock with the Bose Connect app. If you have more than one Bose Revolve speaker, uh, the SoundLink Revolve speaker, you can actually connect the, a pair as a left and right pair, so in stereo, a stereo pair. Uh, you can also connect them both, just play the same music out, out just to increase the, the volume out of the two speakers together. Or, as I said, you can connect them as the left and right speaker too. So uh, party mode is where they play the same music at the same time. Uh, stereo mode is where they play, uh, they're, they're a left and right pair. Really handy feature if you have the app there as well. So the Bose Revolve 360-degree SoundLink speaker, absolutely brilliant. Oh, check out my review. I've given it a very high rating. You can read that, that whole review at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Our next product is from Garmin. Garmin is a company we very well know where uh, they produce a lot of health products, uh, fitness products, watches, sports watches, and the like. One other product they produce is a camera called the Verb. That's V-I-R-B. They've had a Verb in market for a while. It's an action camera that is not only waterproof and, and all of that, uh, it also then records a layer of data that you can place over your video. Well, they've taken that a step further and created a 360-degree camera version of the Verb. So Garmin's joined the 360-degree camera movement with the new Verb 360. This is a go-anywhere camera, captures action in all directions, not just one. So don't point it, you don't need to decide where you're going to point it. This thing records everything. 
and it captures video up to 5.7K quality, 30 frames per second. And then what it does is two speed, two uh, lenses, it stitches that together in 4K resolution and 30 frames per second. So you can upload that for editing or sharing it on social media. You can take not only shoot videos, but also very high quality photos as well. So you get a 360 degree image. But if you are using this camera while you're, you're riding, skiing, parachuting, whatever you happen to be doing, you can also access the many sensors on board the Verb 360. So it'll provide this G-Metrics data overlay in the 360-degree video, like an augmented reality overlay of all the real-time data, like your speed or direction or whatever you happen to be doing, whatever the sensors are collecting, you can display that on your video. So it sort of takes that 360-degree camera uh, a step further by not only giving you the great images 360 degrees, it also gives you the data layer as well. So it really does extend for those users who do not only want to enjoy what they saw, but also want to see how fast they were going, what direction they were traveling, and all those sorts of things. It can also, uh, mention, I mentioned it can capture uh, stills as well, so 15 megapixel spherical photos. Uh, you've got single burst, burst mode, and also time-lapse mode. You've got a really nice bright display as well, so you can check to, to see what you're doing in, in bright sunlight. So you can check the battery level, how much storage you've got left, the shooting modes. Uh, it's also got a voice control as well, so you can tell it to start recording, stop recording. It's got Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and NFC on board as well, so one-tap connection with Android devices. It comes with a hand grip as well. like a little, It acts like a little tripod, and then when you close it up, it, it's a hand grip. Records onto a micro SD card as well. And you can also, the footage you record can also be viewed in all the popular virtual reality headsets. So if you want someone to enjoy what you've done, you can uh, pop it onto a, onto a phone and then stick it in the virtual reality headset and then they can enjoy the full 360 degree experience. The Garmin Verb 360, it's going to be available this month. It's going to be priced at $1,099. And if you want to take a close look at that, uh, if you're a fan of the 360-degree camera as well as being a fan of action cameras, this builds everything in one. If you want to check that out, it's at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're going to talk about Alcatel's new A3XL 6-inch smartphone. Now, this is a device that is packed with features. Let's go through the features. It has a 6-inch full high-definition display. It's got an 8-megapixel rear camera. It's also got a fingerprint reader. It's also pretty slick design as well. It's got a nice uh, thin design. I think it's available in silver. And all of these features, it's under the hood, it's got 2 gig of RAM, 16 gig of internal memory. So all of these features, and it's got... Um, internal memory, micro SD card slot to expand your the storage even further, and has also got Archimus enhanced speakers as well. So there's a five megapixel front camera, complete with a flash as well. So uh, not many front cameras come with a, a selfie flash. So imagine all those features. Now, how much would you expect to pay for a product like that? Well, it's less than two hundred bucks. It's $199, could even be cheaper because it's going to be sold through Vodafone from July. So all those features, 4G connectivity, so high-speed 4G connectivity, 
quad-core 1.1 gigahertz processor, 6-inch full HD display, 8-megapixel rear camera, 5-megapixel front camera, 16 gig of onboard storage, a 3,000 milliamp hour battery and running Android 7.0 Nougat fingerprint sensor. This is the, the, the cheapest device to have a fingerprint sensor. It's, got, it's located on the rear. Uh, it's available in grey or silver. It's actually, no, that is the, the colour, grey and silver. And it's avail- going to be available through Vodafone and less than 199 bucks. How can you possibly go wrong? If you want to check that out, you can see it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. We live in a world where our connected devices have become an indispensable tool in our lives. Introducing the Netgear Nighthawk X10 Smart Wi-Fi Router. Built using the latest in Wi-Fi technology, the X10 allows users to get faster Wi-Fi speeds on multiple devices simultaneously and is perfect for 4K streaming, VR and super fast data transfers. The X10 features the latest 11AC and 11AD network technology, allowing users to wirelessly transfer data at 4.6 gigabits per second. This means your 4K video will take seconds, not minutes to transfer. The Nighthawk X10 smart Wi-Fi router is also built to meet the needs of today's connected home. From connected deadbolts, smart lights or Arlo Wi-Fi cameras, the four powered active antennas reduced interference and intelligently direct Wi-Fi across large distances. The Nighthawk X10 is also the first router with the Plex media server built in. Plex organizes all of your video, music and photo collections and gives you instant access to your content using an always-on router. Wirelessly stream 4K video to any device, jitter-free, for the ultimate family movie night. The Netgear Nighthawk X10 smart router contains a quad-core processor for unparalleled speed and power to keep up with your fast-paced lifestyle. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Nighthawk X10, the world's fastest Wi-Fi router. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, a couple of quick ones in the Tech Guide help desk. Uh, the first one is about PVR. Someone was saying that, one of my readers was saying that they've got a TiVo, uh, which I understand is going to stop working in the next few months, and he wanted to know some alternatives. Well, the, uh, an alternative, if you don't want to go the fully-fledged Foxtel box and do all of that, a great alternative is the Fetch PVRs. And Fetch have a Mighty and a Mini uh, PVR, so the Mighty is the larger of the two. You can also get that through your ISP. I think Optus and and uh, a couple others allow uh, offer that now. You can also get channel packages as well. So apart from it offering you free to air TV, you can also uh, buy channel packages. So it's kind of like having a pay TV uh, account uh, with all these exclusive channels without paying hundreds of dollars per month. So that is a pretty good choice if you ask me. Uh, the other the other uh, question I was asked from a reader was they are changing phones and they wanted to know whether if, uh, if they change the SIM, will all their information come across? Well, the, the SIM card is only just going to get your number across. The best thing to do is to save all your content in the cloud or on a computer, and then once you go into your new phone, you can use the backup to restore from it. Or some phones allow you to transfer the content in the setup process. So if you've still got your old phone, and the new phone, put the SIM card in the new phone, and as you go through the setup process, 
it will ask you, do you want to transfer data from another device? And you say, sure, I sure do. And then select the other device and it will then step you through the process. It will link to the other device either wirelessly or with a cable and it will drag all of your content, your, your, your contact numbers, your messages, your phone logs, everything, photos, everything over to the new device as well. So really easy way to do that. Your SIM card doesn't really store anything in it anymore. It's just for you to simply have, when people ring your number, it'll identify the phone of your phone number where it, your SIM card happens to be, and that will ring. So that, that's basically all a SIM card does is identify your phone number in a, whatever particular device it happens to be in. Uh, we've written about all those stories as well in the past on Tech Guide, so I advise you to check it out. And that is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about as well at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, please email us at info at techguide.com.au. Special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Next week, we're going to be coming to you from the Worldwide Developers Conference. Uh, By the time you hear this podcast, the Developers Conference has probably already kicked off, but we will have a full wrap-up of all the Apple announcements from the Worldwide Developers Conference, all the software, hardware announcements on our next episode. That's episode 253. So until then, thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until we hear from you again, stay safe and stay connected.